Hi, and welcome to the Hypnotechs podcast. I'm Rob from Hypnotechs, and today's subject is what is hypnosis? Now, that's a pretty fundamental thing for us to be talking about, and I wanted to dive into it relatively early in this podcast. And uh, I'm also sort of experimenting here. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts in the last couple of weeks, and it's interesting to me that some people you can tell that they're reading. You just can. You can hear them reading. And uh, other people are very good off the cuff. And I think I would prefer to do this a little less reading and a little more just kind of having conversation. So bear with me. We're still finding our way with this. And I totally expect to look back on these first podcasts in a little while and probably cringe about them. But we're going to go with it anyway. So what is hypnosis? First thing I'm going to tell you is I don't have the foggiest idea. Now, there you have it. But for what it's worth, nobody else does either. And if they tell you that they do, then they are probably looking to sell you something. It's interesting to me. I don't know. Perhaps it's the same thing in your industry. But in the hypnosis and hypnotherapy industry, there's a lot of experts. There's an awful lot of people who seem to think they need to be the fastest or the quickest or the longest or the deepest or the they they like to use big words to describe themselves like that and in general they're trying to sell you something either uh, they're trying to sell me a new technique or a new put put air quotes around that a new technique or they're trying to sell you uh, on their incredible skill set um Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. How do you measure who's the fastest? How do you measure who's the slowest? I I don't have the foggiest, but it's interesting how many experts this industry generates. And an awful lot of them will claim to tell you without a shadow of a doubt what hypnosis is. But the interesting thing is that if you take a look at the technology, if you take a look at the research side of it, and you're going to hear me refer to this over and over and over again in this podcast, because hypnotechs, obviously, I've got a technical background. And uh, I like things that have been peer reviewed. And I like things that have papers written about them and studies. And I like things that I can actually test out in my own clinical environment. And so um, a little more to the technical side than some folks. And so uh, what is hypnosis? So it's real. I can tell you that. All right. We've got everybody from the Mayo Clinic to the uh, to uh, all of the psychology associations, everybody acknowledges that hypnosis is something. And that's a great place for us to start, I guess. So maybe we can define it by saying what it is not. And it's funny how many people will, in the first two words that they use to identify or to describe hypnosis, they'll describe it as relaxation. And sometimes hypnosis has a relaxation component. You'll see people in my big comfy chair and they're kicked back and they're drooling on themselves. So quite frankly, they're probably pretty relaxed at that point. Uh, I've been there myself. It's quite enjoyable. But you also see the stage hypnotists and you see those people up there and they are doing the Jerry is a race car driver thing and they're running around on stage. They're deeply and profoundly somnambulistically hypnotized. But they're not looking very relaxed. And some of, them, some of them look downright tense up there. So hypnosis is not relaxation, even though in a clinical environment, that's often a tool that we use. All right. So what is it? Well, it's also not sleep. It turns out that we can transition you 
between sleep and hypnosis relatively easily. Don't ever fall asleep at a party that I'm at because, well, if you're asleep on the sofa and I start whispering in your ear, you're mine <laughs> for all it's worth. In any case, it's not sleep. Uh, they've even gone so far as to put EKGs. Of course, if you've ever participated in a sleep study, you know they wire you up like a Christmas tree. Uh, they've done the same thing with hypnosis, and it turns out that the EEGs, uh, I think I said EKG, but I meant EEG, those things are very different. It turns out that imagination, it turns out that your ability to sort of fantasize, those things are all very awake when you are both asleep and in hypnosis. But it turns out that there are some very different waveforms that are going on. Uh, there's a high level of alertness in hypnosis. And in fact, that's a major component of hypnosis is the idea that you are aware of everything that's going on around you. In fact, oftentimes you could describe this state as hyper aware. It's fascinating because uh, I have a sort of a trick that I use with people who are skeptical. Uh, oftentimes the high analyticals will come into my office and they are concerned with losing control. I, I had a guy in my office just this past week and his big thing was control. He was very much about control. And it does no good to discuss the fact that in day-to-day -day life, it turns out that we have a lot less control than we like to think we do. But uh Basically, these in this situation, the best thing you can possibly do is admit to these people that they are not going to be losing control in hypnosis, and and let the, just let them know that uh, if they think that they have a good deal of control in day to day life, that they're going to continue to have that, and and in fact. To be honest, even more control when they're in hypnosis. And one of the ways that I point that out is oftentimes I will have someone in a very deep trance and we will be doing work and there will be sound in the office around me. My office is located in a sort of an office area above we're on the second story well when you enter for us we're the ground floor but below us on the other side of the building is a whole nother floor and it's a hardware store and so down there sometimes you'll hear noises oddly enough in fact my old office used to be directly above the key cutting machine you could actually hear that coming up through the floor but here more than likely so there's a uh, counselor on one side of me and a counselor on another side of me and then a lawyer on another side and just over there a little bit can't see where I'm gesturing but just over there there's an architect and he likes to scream on his speakerphone and so there's a fair amount of noise in this environment but What's interesting is that as people are going into hypnosis, that noise fades into the distance. Well, one opportunity that we have to point out just exactly how much in control they are uh, d while they are deeply in trance is to point out that all along they've been hearing a sound. And so I really like it when my neighbor gets fired up on his speakerphone and starts yelling about load limits and bringing in another truck full of gravel and things like that. Because I can point out that you know, it's interesting because for the last however many minutes, you've been deep in trance and you've been concentrating on the sound of my voice or you've been drifting, dreaming, resting and relaxing. But when you really think about it, all along, you've been listening to the sound of my neighbor. You've actually been able to hear him. And when you think about it, when you think back, you can even remember what his conversation was about. But isn't it funny how that would have just gone right on by you wouldn't have even considered it, wouldn't have even thought about it if I had not brought it up. Now, that's control. 
That's the ability to sort of focus your subconscious. That's a higher level of control than we have walking down the street where our subconscious absorbs something and then discards it very quickly and we never become aware of it. Here, if we can aim that, that laser focus, it's amazing the things that we can come up with. So what else is hypnosis? Well, how about hyperfocus? We kind of touched upon that, and it's interesting because we can actually focus someone in on one thing. Now, normally, we like to think that we think about one thing. You can concentrate on something, but in reality, there's a sort of a track running on in the background, and some of us are more conscious of it than others, but we'll hear uh, that voice in the back of our head talking. We will hear uh, ourselves critiquing the thing that we're concentrating on. We'll hear there's just this noise track that runs constantly. And if you can imagine what it would be like to just be alone in your head, to have that gone, that's hypnosis. And so hyper-focus, that works really well. The ability to concentrate without interference, so in other words, block out everything around you and focus in on just the one thing you want to be focused in on. And it really is the thing that you want to be focused in on because, of course, uh, as the navigator, as the hypnotist, I can give you directions just like if I were sitting in the passenger seat of your car, but you don't have to follow them. You can always resist because you're in control at all times. So, have you ever been watching a movie and getting sucked into it and then it turns out that somebody in the room is calling your name and you become aware that they might have been calling it for a while? And that's hypnosis. You're focused in, your mind is concentrating, you're really all in on something, you've suspended disbelief, you've spent a lot of quality time sort of becoming one with the story. Some of us can even do this with books where we get so soaked into a book where people will call and say, hey, Rob, Rob, oh, Rob, hello. And uh, you don't, I don't even hear them. And uh, that's a form of hypnosis as well. Now, it's a relatively high level hypnosis. That's a one or a two if you take a look at the Aaron scale on the Hypnotech site. But it is a form of hypnosis. Of course, here in the clinical environment, we can go a lot, lot deeper into that. So, Another thing, let's talk about suggestibility. So some of us are more suggestible than others. There are people who you can look at them and say an outlandish thing, and they'll look at you and say, really? And some people call it gullible, but that really has bad connotations. It's really not what's going on. It's just that they're open to absorbing an idea. You have credibility enough that they're willing to absorb that. Now, in hypnosis, we have the ability to sort of bypass the critical factor. So once that factor is gone, that, that, that part of you that listens and says, well, does this make any sense? You don't just automatically absorb it. For example, if I were to tell you that a man is going to slide down your chimney tonight and he's going to leave presents for your whole family and uh, then slide back up your chimney. And he's a big fat guy and he wears a red suit and the suit doesn't get dirty when he goes up and down the chimney. And uh, oh, by the way, he's parked on your roof and he got here in a sled and the sled is being pulled by uh, Norwegian or uh, Finland reindeer. Um, you just look at me. I mean, unless you're five years old, you're going to go, yep, right. The interesting thing about the critical factor is that it's always there. It's always protecting you. If during hypnosis, I were to say, so listener, please give me the pin number for your debit card. 
there's something called an incongruency, and that's where you would decide that that wasn't consistent with why you were in the room. It's something that you were not expecting to hear from me. So as a result, that's very likely to pop you straight out of hypnosis, wake you right up. However, if we happen to start talking about, you know, there was a time in your life when maybe you felt a little better than you feel right now. And of course, you're familiar with that. And so since you're familiar with it, it's maybe still there. And so you can, you can sort of believe that that might be something that could still exist. And then if we started talking about how, well, maybe going to the gym would be something that you could do. And your critical factor will allow us to sort of build that yes ladder and work our way into that. And so suggestibility is simpler in that the critical factor doesn't so when you're wide awake when you're fully conscious when you're inserting yourself in everything your critical factor is inserting itself everywhere i could literally look at you and say here's a hundred dollars it wouldn't that be good to have and your critical factor is going to go well there must be a catch yeah you're nodding your head because well that's probably what would happen but what's interesting is that critical factor is a lot less critical when you're in hypnosis and you're just you're not going to swallow anything hook line or sinker and uh, again i'm just the navigator so i can't give you something that's incongruent i can't make hypno zombies otherwise i wouldn't be doing uh working in a small town in washington i'd obviously have in a hypno zombie army and i would rule the world but it doesn't work that way and uh, your critical factor is still very much there. It's looking to see whether or not what we're talking about is congruent or agrees with what you expect to hear. Critical factor can still jump in. It can still say, nope, not doing that. Doesn't agree with my moral code. I'm not willing, etc." It's why you'll see people on stage for hypnosis shows who aren't reacting to a particular skit. Doesn't appeal to them. Their critical factors kicked in. They don't want to do it. Here in the office, that can happen too. I can trip across an area where you're not comfortable, and as I'm watching, it's obvious that you are not interested in what I'm talking about. Happens all the time. You just turn it off, and away you go. So it's not a loss of control. It's not like you become the hypno-zombie, and suddenly you're able to... I'm able to control you. There's no control involved whatsoever. Hypnosis is a heightened state of focus and relaxation. And that's pretty much where it's at. Who can be hypnotized? Well, how about anybody with normal or above normal uh, intellect or intelligence? And how about anybody with even a shred of imagination? If you can picture something, if you can pretend, if you can imagine, then you're able to be hypnotized. Now, what's really fascinating to me is that most of us want to be skeptical about it. We say we can't be. We say, oh, well, I tried and this and that. And we have a million excuses. And in fact, I cover uh, quite a few of those in the FAQ, frequency, Frequently Asked Questions on my website. But fact of the matter is that about 99.99959 or so of us can be hypnotized. It's very rare that we run across somebody who can't. And for me, in fact, it's been a very long time. So in any case, I may dig into this subject a little more into the future. We may do a little more of a a roundup of some of the tech articles, what is and what is not hypnosis. It is something that I continue to research, and uh, perhaps we'd like to talk a little bit about some of those brainwave experiments that I alluded to at the beginning. But this time around, we're going to leave it right there. That's a 
good basic summary, and it's oftentimes what I will tell people if they're in my office for the first time. So let's uh, leave it right there. That's pretty much what hypnosis is. If you've got questions, if there's something I didn't cover, go ahead and use the comment form down at the bottom, and I would love to hear from you. Once again, Rob from Hypnotex, hypnotex.com. If you'd like to read more, go check it out or toss me a comment. Let's get a dialogue started. I would absolutely love to hear from you.